everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Water Women podcast. I'm joined today by Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for asking. So I met Sarah originally when I went down to Australia to intern with Humpbacks and High Rises and luckily got to enjoy working with her on a couple projects. But Sarah, before we get talking about Humpbacks and High Rises, let's talk about you. Okay. <laughs> so how and when did you like fall in love with the ocean or decide that this is something that you wanted to pursue? Um, It's kind of weird for me. I think a lot of people that are in this sort of field have always, you know, loved the ocean and they've like had it a really big part of their lives. Uh, but for me, I kind of was the other way. Like when I was really younger, um, you know, I went to the beach with my family, things like that. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it. Like everyone loves going to the beach, you know, you stay at your holiday house, things like that. But I was never, I don't know, I was never really into like science. I was never into discovering the ocean. You know, sometimes I even used to be scared of like swimming at the beach. And I was like, what's in the ocean? What's out there? What's going to get me? So it took me until about when I was finishing school, Um, And then I sort of, I started getting a little more interested into sciences and then I did this field trip and it was just, I don't remember where it was, somewhere down the coast, beautiful little coastal town. And we were just looking in like little um, tide pools and all of a sudden it just like clicked and I was like, wow, like look at all this like life in here. This is crazy. And you sort of start to open this little Pandora's box if you get interested in one thing and it leads to the other. And then from there, I sort of, I still wasn't that, you know, obsessed with the ocean and things like that. I sort of went into uni um, from a different aspect. I went into environmental management. And then, I don't know, slowly I just sort of started discovering the ocean. And I guess through some courses, you know, little things popped up at me. And then, yeah, it wasn't really until I started my science degree that I I don't even remember what what caused me to really get into marine mammals and get interested in them. But obviously something did. And then, yeah, kind of from there, I just like, it just exploded. Like now I'm obsessed. Now (laughs) my life is about whales. I just just, like, I'm loving them. Every gift I get for my birthday is something whale related. And I love it. (laughs) It's so funny to me that you say you started out kind of like, not like, like you liked the ocean, but you weren't like interested in it because like, knowing you that's just absurd like that is <laughs> unbelievable I I almost refuse to believe it I know it's crazy isn't it and like you know I'll see some people who are even friends through HHR um and they've you know been like oh I've always been fascinated with the ocean always loved it and I'm like man I just can't I can't relate you know I grew up in the city I wasn't really living close to the beach so I was a bit removed that way but I know now it's weird, like maybe it's all those years of like not knowing the ocean built up and now I'm just like this crazy obsessed person. Like <laughs> You're just making up for lost time by being like completely exactly. and totally obsessed with it. Yeah. I love that. So you said you studied in uni, you studied. So I, well, I started in environmental management. Right, environmental um, management. Yeah, because I thought in my mind I was like well that's going to be great that's you know literally managing the environment and I was like I can try and I don't know make a difference that way kind of um you know because I I did I really loved geography at school um and I guess what we learned in geography you know wasn't like what country is this it was more how can we you know manage waterways how can we 
you know, manage the land, things like that. So that's why I was like, oh, environment management, that sounds really good. And then I did a year of it and I was like, no, this sucks. This is not what I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, that's when I, I changed into just um, a Bachelor of Science in Marine Science. I love that. And then you ended up doing an honours, right? Yeah, so 2018, did I start? Oh, my goodness. Yes, 2018 I did my honours. Um, and I was really lucky to have met um, Dr. Olaf before I started my honours. And, you know, we kind of became friends and stuff. And that's when he was like, yeah, let's let's do this honours together. So I um, changed unis to go over and do it with him. And then, yeah, I did my honours um, studying humpback whales. And that was probably my first time, like, really being thrown into, like, science and um, doing proper research. And it was a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, a shock almost in yeah. how much information is out there. But, yeah, it was a really fun year. Um, learned a lot and it's still kind of going because I'm still writing the manuscript for publication at the moment so it's only been a year since I finished which <laughs> I didn't think it would be that long but yeah so it's still kind of continuing my honours year then a year later but yeah you know you gotta perfect it you got you got a lot of work to do you're good oh exactly I'm on to like oh, I don't know fifth sixth draft or something it's crazy but <laughs> it's funny <laughs> it's how like fun. in like your in your bachelor's like your undergrad you do like one draft maybe or you'd look at your draft and be like oh good enough and like pass it in and now for this oh like, I'd oh. be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be finishing like five minutes before I'm like free free nap good what, enough what's that <laughs> yeah what is editing I don't I don't know <laughs> So were you obsessed with whales already when you met Olaf and decided to do your honours with him or did that come from meeting Olaf and getting involved with everything? I think I was kind of halfway there um, because I'd done a bit of um, volunteering with an organisation called Dolphin Research Australia. Um, they're amazing. So Liz um, runs that. She's oh, the most incredible woman and I think the way that she's made their little um, organisation and runs it and everything like that. Um, so they research the dolphins in Morton Bay. Okay, um, cool. So, yeah, they've got some incredible research, mainly on like socialisation, behaviours, things like that, um, and how they're kind of been impacted by the anthropogenic influences in the bay. So I did some volunteering with her and I guess that got me really interested in um, I guess behaviors and you know the lives of like the marine mammals that are living around us um, before then I don't know you know I've, I've been into Morton Bay heaps of times and you know you see dolphins but you never really think or I guess I never really thought that they have lives and personalities and even you know friends I guess within their little populations oh yeah and learning that I was kind of like wow this is like incredible you know how do we the fact we can know that and the fact it even happens, that kind of really started the, the sort of love affair with marine mammals. And then after that, that's when I went and did uh, did an actual Earthwatch volunteering with humpbacks and high rises. And so that was with Olaf and Holly and their, like, love for whales and <laughs> even just, like, seeing the humpback whales. I'm pretty sure we, they didn't even come that close to the boat on that research trip. They were probably still, like, hundred or so meters away maybe we saw like one little tail slash or something and I was like oh my god 
I love whales. <laughs> I will say, you guys as a group, like you, Olaf, and Holly, your love for the ocean and everything is just contagious. Like being around you guys, like I already loved the ocean, but being around you guys, I was like, I love this so much more now. Like just like you guys are very contagious with it. So I can definitely imagine it would like almost push you over the edge into becoming like whale obsessed. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially through that, that was probably the first time I really learned specifically a lot about um, humpback whales, but also like the whales that are that are, are close to our coast. I mm. guess in uni, like we never really did any specific marine mammal courses. There was a little bit thrown in um, here and there, but nothing was like that specific. So this is probably the first time that I really learned quite a lot about them. Uh, and I, yeah, I just think learning about them, it makes you want to learn more and you're like, wow, this is, so interesting this is so cool like and that just yeah really sparks your kind of obsession with them. oh definitely because you first see these whales you're like okay cool an animal like whatever but then you like learning there's such like a almost like an iceberg where there's only like the tip exposed and then there's just so yes. much more about them that is just so cool like I love them yeah literally like and even just through doing this honors year and just reading a million research papers like <laughs> I think I've read more in those like past two years than in my entire life combined it's insane but just yeah reading you know even about a specific population in this you know tiny little island area and you just find out so much about that specific population you know you just those sorts of things are what kind of make you want to learn more and more you're like well if you know about them then what about this population and what about this behavior um, and yeah so like things like that I thought I knew a lot last year, even when I finished the honours, but now trying to publish <laughs> this paper, um, just reading specifically about their behaviours, things like that, it's really, yeah, it's gotten a lot more interesting the deeper you go into it. Oh, yeah. It's so cool too because where I am, like, I'm seeing these whales coming from their breeding and calving area going to their feeding waters. So I'll see them like occasionally feeding, but for the most part, like traveling and like quite chill, like we get the occasional breach, which is like super exciting. But you guys get all these like super cool behaviors and like coming down for me was just like unreal because like there was like one day we were out and we saw like 50 breaches and everyone else was like, oh, like a quiet day. And I was like, I'm sorry, we just saw 50 breaches. What do you mean quiet? Like that's <laughs> unreal to me. And then like. I remember telling you one day that I got to see whales, like some of the humpback whales lunch feed and you were like, no way. But to me, I was like, well, that's like, that's what I'm expecting them to do. Like, so it's so funny how like different places are seeing these same animals, almost different populations, but same species, but seeing them in such a different light, just based on location. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, definitely. I think, I know, I actually remember that conversation where you were talking about um, I just you were talking about all the different whales you see and the different behaviors, and I'm like, what the hell? Like that is insane. I'm so so jealous of you. I was like, get me to where you live right now. But yeah, I guess it's so true. You know, it's such a big difference between you know their behaviors seen um, like on their migration, but then in their breeding grounds and their feeding grounds. Like I don't know. It's just even that on its own is so interesting. And when you told me about that lunch feeding, like seeing that, I was like, that is just so cool like I would love to see that but then at the same time you know we see all this like competitive behavior and big competitive groups charging at each other 
um, doing all those sorts of things. And I guess that's probably the same for you. Like, like that is so cool. Well, yeah, like when you were talking about like heat runs one day, I had like vaguely heard of them, but I wasn't really sure like what they are. And you like kind of explained it to me and I was like, you guys see that like often? Like that is so cool. Like, cause I'd never even heard of it. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, I would say it's one of the coolest things to see, but just, you know, seeing the whales True. is pretty freaking cool on its own. But, yeah, like seeing just this huge group, you know, moving through the water so quickly and, you know, then you throw in some head lunges, penuncle slaps, like all these different behaviours that are so high energy and really high aggression. Um, and you kind of, you get a bit like, not on edge, but, you know, your adrenaline starts pumping as well and, you kind of feel like you're part of that chase almost, even though you're probably just a annoying boat driving <laughs> yeah. next to them. But, yeah, like those sorts of things are so cool. And especially I remember one time I saw, I can't remember when it was, but it's kind of mid-afternoon and we had this massive pod. I can't remember how, maybe like eight to ten in there and a few would drop out and then come back in. And there was just such a high-energy environment that afternoon. And just watching that, like, it's just kind of fills you with awe a little bit, you know. It's just one of those experiences you're like, wow, this is like, I'm going to remember this for a long time. Oh, really definitely. Cool. Just watching whales in general kind of makes you, it reminds you, like, how small you are and just, like, how, like, this whole other world is happening without yeah. you even being part of it. It's just kind of like a, a good reminder of that, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so true. Like, you get to spend, you know a tiny bit of time with these whales and you think, you know, I'm such a small proportion of this whale's life. Like you got to think the rest of the time that they're underwater. And I always think when we're leaving them, especially in the afternoon and, you know, the sun's going down and we're heading back home. And I always just kind of think to myself on the way back in, um, you know, like these whales are still going to be out there at night time. They're still, you know, going to be, charging up the coast or down the coast you know depending on what yeah. season um yeah and like you know it's just it's kind of crazy to think about that they're out there I mean obviously they're out there the whole time you know when you think about it you're like duh of course they are but it's kind of like out of sight out of mind where you don't see them you don't think about them exactly, so it's, yeah. it's nice it's a nice reminder yeah sometimes I wish I could be I mean not really a fly on a wall because there are no walls in the ocean obviously but you know, a fly on a on a whale maybe and just follow them for a barnacle on a whale, if you will. <laughs> yeah. That's the new saying, a barnacle on a whale. <laughs> exactly. I will be using that. <laughs> copyright, copyright. <laughs> um, so that expedition was your first kind of introduction to HHR? Yes, definitely. I actually surprisingly I hadn't heard about them before that expedition, but yeah, that was where I dove into the world of HHR so then now you've become the like president of it yeah you're you're right up there in it so what is let's talk a little bit about HHR and tell everyone like what it is what it does what its goal is all that kind of stuff okay yeah so basically um HHR or humpbacks and high rises um we're like a a not-for-profit research organization um so basically we're run entirely <clears throat> excuse me by volunteers um and basically the main aim of HHR is just understanding the marine mammals, particularly humpback whales uh, in the Gold Coast or off the Gold Coast. Um, so trying to understand 
their behaviours, um, how they utilise the Gold Coast. And then from that, um, from that research, we're trying to hopefully inform decision-making decisions, um, decision-making in the Gold Coast to try and protect that population. Uh, so they, this population of humpback whales, which is the E1 uh, population, it migrates on the eastern coast of Australia. So we get them basically from May until November. So we're out there hopefully the whole year just trying to get information on what they're doing, um, yeah, what behaviours. Because at the moment the the Gold Coast is only really classified as a migratory area for this population. So while there are some, like, regulations on um, how far away to stay from the whales, things like that, there's not really a lot of protection in place for them. Uh, as you know, the shark nets mm. that, yes. um, in quotes, you know, protect swimmers on the Gold Coast, uh, so they're still there. Unfortunately, a lot of whales get entangled there. Um, we still have so many recreational um, boaties, you know, jet skiers. They want to build a um, cruise ship terminal on the Gold Coast, just things like that that, you know, are pretty detrimental to a population that we are now seeing and, you know, hopefully proving through our research with HHR that the Gold Coast is actually really important for resting, for um, breeding and mating for mothers and calves. We get a lot of calves um, even on the northern migration, which, you know, was kind of unheard of maybe 10, 20 years yeah. ago, things like that. So, yeah, um, I guess the main aim of HHR is just, you know, what are the whales doing, but then also what can we do to help? So we also like to do a lot of education and outreach in the community. Uh, as you would know, you know, we do beach cleans. We, <laughs> you've helped on some of those beach cleans. Uh, yeah, so we just try and do a little bit of community engagement because, you know, realistically we can do this research, we can um, submit it to journals, we can try and uh, bring it up with government, policy-making sort of people. Yeah. But, you know, if the general community are not aware of what's going on, uh, then there's no real, like, push for change. So I guess... Yeah, that's our main things: research, policy making, but also just education yeah. of, of the community. Yeah. I know you guys do really well to raise like awareness of like the whales that are around your area. Yeah, I think I think it's really important as well. Like the number of people that I've met through the community engagement that just, I mean, I guess they know the whales are there. It's becoming a bigger thing, especially with the tourism in whale watching. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's on the news, so people are aware, but. They're not aware of, you know, when they're there, how many are there, what they're doing. It's just like, oh, yeah, the whales are there. Like, cool. You know, they're yeah. just – a lot of people just aren't even – you know, they haven't really been taught. So I think the best way to just get them excited about the whales, educate them, and then they'll want to make a difference as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you guys do a lot of different uh, ways to almost get involved. Like, you do a lot of different surveys. Like, you have the expeditions that you put earlier that you went on, and then you also do, like, surveys – almost in like in partnership with local whale watching and like all that. So like, what are those kind of things? Yeah, definitely. So we do, <clears throat> excuse me, um, maybe four or five expeditions a year. So they're, they're probably the most fun things to go on just because you're on this small little boat. There's maybe five or six uh, of the researchers, volunteers on that boat. And so that's um, sort of just like a more concentrated time normally over a weekend where we'll go out every day 
Uh, we try and fly a drone as well to um, not only collect a bit of whale snot, <laughs> so uh, when the whales blow, you can fly that drone over and collect that whale snot. Um, that can assess the health of the humpbacks. Um, but then we also collect um, bits of their skin. So when they breach, they sort of sloth off a lot of their skin, their older skin that just falls off. Uh, so we'll try and collect that as well. So we can do those sort of more in-depth um, bits of research on those expeditions. And that also um, you know, helps get a bit of um, income in as well for new cameras, new iPads. Unfortunately, we're at sea, so things get a little bit, a little bit broken when you're working constantly on the ocean. And then, yeah, we also um, do our basically daily surveys that, um, you're right, we do run in partnership with the whale watching uh, companies that are on the Gold Coast. So we have a really awesome partnership with them and we're really lucky that they let us go out basically for free. Um, and especially this last year, 2019, they had this amazing new boat. It was like, I think it holds about 180 people. It's beautiful, perfect for whale watching. And we could have basically like up to 10 researchers if we wanted to on the boat. Um, yeah, like it's pretty awesome that someone or a company is just like, hey, come on board, let's do some research. Yeah. And they're as excited about the research as we are. So we go on there um, once a day. There's three of us that go onto the boat and we record we record lots. We record numbers of whales, um, whether there's calves present. We try and get a tally of all the behaviours. So there's a lot of different behaviours that we do record. Um, but basically we're trying to get an idea of what the whales are doing. Are they resting? You know, are they in competitive groups? Um, is it a mother and calf trying to um, do some nursing, something like that? So that is actually really helpful that we can go out every day because you get a good sort of snapshot of what is happening over the entire year. Uh, so that, yeah, that's really fun. And we have a lot of volunteers that love to go out. And, <clears throat> of course, you know, who wouldn't who love to be out near the whales every yeah. day? And then occasionally we do some land-based surveys as well. Um, so those ones not as often because you can't really get an idea of the behaviours as easily as when you're right next to the whales. Um, but this year we're probably going to be doing a few more land-based surveys just because of um, you know what's going on in the world, unfortunately. But, yeah, so they're the main ways that we can go out um, and do that research. And, yeah, we're really lucky that we do get to be out there every day. It's pretty fun. Oh, yeah. It's so cool, too, being out on the – on the boats and like have the people come up and ask you like questions and they're like oh like what is this whale doing because they kind of tell the people beforehand like oh we have some researchers on hand are on board today and like people would come up to me and be like oh like what does this behavior mean and I'm like I am so flattered you asked me like thank you thank you like <laughs> yeah it's actually it's really fun hey like that's one of the main things I think is really awesome about being on those whale watching boats is that you know, you have people out paying customers that go out to watch these whales and then you get to give a little bit of education about the whales as well. And, yeah, I, I agree. It's so fun when someone comes and asks you. And, like, I kind of get a bit – they probably think I'm annoying because I just keep going about all this information. And I'm like, ask me something else. You know, what else do you want to know? And I, just, I don't know. Like, test me. They're test probably me. like, okay, I know now. everything. Just try me. <laughs> yeah. They just turn around and, like, go back to watching the whales. I'm like, guys, come back. You know, I'll tell you more. <laughs> but, yeah, I think 
that's really fun. And, you know, it goes for educating the public as well. It's just it's a win-win. They get information and I get to kind of feel good about how much I know about it. Exactly. <laughs> and you guys do uh, use a lot of citizen science, which I know you're very familiar with, given your honours. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so basically citizen science is kind of as it sounds. It's um, research that comes from from citizens, so from the general public. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can kind of have citizen science. Um, so there's different organisations that will uh, use it differently. So, for instance, you know, our volunteers, while some of them, um, or I guess our main core volunteer group are quite interested in marine mammal science and they probably know quite a bit about um, humpback whales, things like that. But then we do also get uh, some volunteers who really don't know that much and they are just what you would, you know, call a citizen. They they want to help, they want to do research and they want to understand more about whales but they aren't, you know, maybe that educated about them. So they're like, you know, really what form our core you know, organisation is these citizen scientists. Um, and you can also have citizen science just through people, say, you know, you're going for a walk um, next to the beach or along the beach and you see this whale you know splashing around off the coast people um, there's some apps that exist that people can you know sort of log that finding into their phone and you know without even knowing it those people are contributing to citizen science people take those data points from those apps and they'll map them and say okay well you know this is where we've seen those whales or this is part of this population so yeah citizen science can kind of come from lots of different places and you can be as involved or not as you want to. Um, but it's great. Like a lot of the research that especially we have on the Gold Coast, literally we wouldn't have it without this citizen science. Um, you know, there's been a lot of papers published and a lot of findings really that um, we've had, especially to do with, you know, the number of carbs that we have on the coast, things like that. We just would not know. Um, without these volunteers so a lot of the time it is kind of hard to use some of the data and I found especially with going through um, you know our almost 10 years yeah. of data that we have it can be a little bit challenging oh and you know of course <laughs> well, too how, how challenging <laughs> I'm very familiar with that data set yes too familiar sometimes <laughs> I've been a huge like advocate for citizen science. I think it's so important and I think it's so useful. And to see you guys using it was just like so exciting. I love it. Yeah, definitely. I think the main thing I think with citizen science is um, basically, you know, you need to try and especially train people. And that's what I think is great about HHR is that we have a really great sort of training program. We have this little seminar where we we talk about what we do, but also we try to give a little bit of education about the behaviours, what the whales yeah. are doing, um, all sorts of things like that. So, yeah, I think citizen science can be great. And, you know, the research that a lot of our um, researchers have put out through HHR is still, you know, really awesome research, despite the fact that we use citizen science. So, yeah, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And you did your – that was kind of what your um... – honors was about was using citizen science right yeah definitely so a big aspect of it was like can you use citizen science you know kind of is it is it good enough um is it providing sufficient sort of evidence to say okay what we're seeing 
the what we're recording um, in this area is actually what's happening. And yeah, like I think what I came out of with um, from that honours is definitely yes, citizen science is is good, and we should continue to do it. And I think people should sort of stop discounting it a little bit because, especially under the right conditions and with the right training, uh, people can definitely you know produce some really great data. So yeah, it was really interesting and a bit of an eye opening experience doing that honours and dealing with all that data that really had to be cleaned up and things like that but it kind of made me more motivated to get HHR to like an even better place with training its its citizen scientists and things like that. Well I think what you guys have done and are doing is super important and super amazing and I'm glad that things are coming from it and you guys are publishing papers and helping to almost just in general raise awareness about these whales. Yeah yeah, no, I think, I think it's it's really good and especially these last few years it's picked up even more and we're growing so much and, you know, we're getting more interns and um, more people coming to do their masters with our <laughs> data, <laughs> things like that. So, yeah, no, it's awesome. I love it. So if people did want to follow along with Humpbacks and High Rises or uh, participate in any way, where can they find you guys on, like, social medias and whatnot? Yeah, so definitely the best way to do it would just be um, on Facebook. We have a page called Humbucks and High Rises. Uh, so, yeah, follow along with that. We post pretty much all of our information um, about when we run seminars to teach people um, so that they can come along on our, on our research and on our surveys. Um, we also have a website. So, I mean, this year is a little bit different. We're not really too sure what's going to happen yet. Um, but we should hopefully still be running a few expeditions later in the year. Um, so, yeah, if people follow along on Facebook, that's definitely the main way. We do have an Instagram as well, which posts some cool, some new information, cool facts, things like that. But, yeah, Facebook's probably the best thing. And our website has a little bit more information about us as well. Yeah, so definitely follow along with Humbacks uh, and High Rises on all those social medias. And, Sarah, what about you? Do you have any personal social medias that people can follow along with your future in Wales with? I do. I, I have an Instagram. Um, good question about what it, what its name is. <laughs> I feel that I never I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be able to find it and I can, I can post it to the, the Water Women yes, podcast we'll sometime. Share, but, we'll share. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, I try to post a lot of photos of whales and hopefully this year we'll be out there um, with the whales again and can be posting some more. But yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. It was a great. Oh, thank you for having me, Jill. I had a lot of fun chatting to you and can't wait to see you again. I can't wait to be back there very soon. Yes. Hurry up and book that plane ticket. <laughs> you know what? If there weren't like the border restrictions, I'd be on a plane right now. So. Oh man, damn this coronavirus. I know, right? <laughs> thank you again for listening to another episode of the Water Women podcast. I love recording every episode, but it's extra fun when it's with a friend. All of the social media for Sarah as well as Humpbacks and High Rises will be listed in the description and tagged on all of our social media. As always, you can follow along with the Water Women podcast on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook and Instagram at the Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at the Water Women Pod. You can also check out our website at waterwomenpodcast.weebly.com. You can send us an email at waterwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And until next week, stay salty.